so welcome everyone. I've got something a bit different for you today. I'm actually today's guest and I have my sister here with me who's going to be interviewing me and I'm the guest. And um, yeah, so this is Kerry, my amazing, beautiful mm. sister. And I can't think of a be better person to do this because you've been with me through it all, through thick and thin. You've literally seen <laughs> it all, haven't you? You've mm -hmm. been there, my right-hand woman. Mm. And, um, yeah, you know my journey. And, yeah, I can't think of a better person, really, to do this with. Awesome, Laz. I'm so happy to be here. And, um, and yeah, and that you're now the, the guest of your own podcast. So that's mm. awesome. And really, really excited to share all the layers of your story with your listeners. There's so much to delve into. Um and yeah, just excited to yeah chat about that with you and let the listeners know more. Yeah, cheers, Kez. I'm really nervous <laughs> and I haven't planned. You'd have thought I'd have like planned the answers to some of the main questions I asked that you probably will ask, but I haven't. I'm just going to go live with whatever feels right in the moment and mm -hmm. yeah, we'll see where it goes. Love that. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah, what wants to come through today and just go live. Love that. True. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So, Loz, let's get started. Um, Let's start way back, way, 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 way back. Why law? Why did you, why was, how was law a seed planted in your mind? Like, why, why did you choose law? Why did you choose the law path? Mm. In some ways, that's a really hard question to answer. And anything really reflecting on um, a journey, which was some time ago, because I think it's easy to answer now in hindsight with law which might be slightly different to my answers why law in the moment so obviously I'm speaking here with the benefit of hindsight the benefit of having processed my experiences mm -hmm. and now I'm on the other side but sort of trying to dig into where I was back then I guess as I don't know when when it really first planted the idea first planted I guess definitely by the time I was 16 and doing my A-levels because I chose law as an A-level but Tracking back from then, it was definitely a seed that had been planted a bit earlier than then. I'm not sure exactly when. Um, but I guess a, a few reasons, really. Um, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Ali McBeal did feature in it. Like, <laughs> that was definitely out in our... It wasn't an, an part of our era, but I remember it yeah. being on TV and mum and dad watching it. And I liked it. And I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a tiny snippet. But I think as a child and growing up, I was always like... I don't know, I had this element of justice in me and wanting to do what was right and help other people and just had this fire about me in terms of what's right in the world and wanting to help that. And that came up in a number of different ways. So there was that kind of anchoring into the law thing, Ali McBeal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then really if I, and this is me, analyzing with the benefit of hindsight I obviously wasn't consciously aware of this at the time but obviously we grew up in a very working class town mm -hmm. um, we were the first people in our families to go to university um, we didn't have any sort of anyone in our family who was doing a professional career or had done anything different beyond um, you know like working class style um, jobs and I'm, I'm not saying that in any sort of a negative way because you know everyone's who they are and there's even like there's tons of benefits to those kind of jobs as well but for me there was like this bigger calling I just felt this urge from a younger age and I don't know where it came from was to change my circumstances to get out of that I didn't want to be in that loop 
of um, the immediate jobs I saw around me. I didn't feel inspired by that. And I remember thinking, I don't have, again, and I don't know where it came from, but I remember feeling and thinking from a really young age, I don't have any inspiration of what I want to be. I only have examples of what I don't want to be or what doesn't feel aligned with me. And somewhere along that, the idea of becoming a lawyer um, came to mind. And I thought, yeah, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. Um, anchoring back, I guess, to that element of justice and fighting for what's right. And then once I put it out into the world, I soon realised this is being validated. Like people are saying to me, wow, Lauren wants to be a lawyer. Um, it was obviously a great job given my wider circumstances. And with those seeds planted, I thought, I'm going for it. I'm making it happen. And again, this is me reflecting in hindsight. And it's not something I was consciously aware of at the time. But I just wanted to prove that different was possible, I think, and, mm. and make it happen and go for it, even when things don't seem very likely or possible. You know, we didn't have anyone in our family who was a lawyer. We didn't have friends of friends who were lawyers. It wasn't easy for me to get work experience and things like that. But I made everything happen that I needed to make happen to get there, basically. And then just one more thing at that early stage of the journey, I guess, before I was 18... I chose to study um, law at A-level, um, which isn't a, ne a necessary step. I'm not sure if I would do it again in hindsight, but it was really beneficial for me to actually um, learn law, you know, actually have a real opportunity to learn law before actually committing to a degree in it. And um, yeah, play things out in practice, I guess, and understand different areas of the law. And we covered like criminal, commercial, um, foundational legal system things and I really enjoyed it I genuinely really enjoyed it I was so interested in different elements of it um, but again I do think there was a still an undercurrent reflecting back of this is a good thing to do being a lawyer is a good job to have doing um, a law a level is a good thing to do based on my version of good and successful back then um, yeah so that's quite a long answer. <laughs> no, I love <laughs> that. Wow. Reasons. Yeah. I love um, your level of self-awareness um, and amazing. You've clearly like grown through a lot and you can look back mm. now and really give that like, yeah, that lovely summary and like analyze where you were at the time. And wow, respect to you, Loz. Like it takes a visionary to, to not just like to be in the environment you were in with no examples of this version of success and decide to still pursue it. That's, that shows a lot mm. of like um, inner determination, inner fire, like so full respect to you for that. Um, that is a huge, huge thing. Um, so full respect, that's mm. beautiful. Not having any examples of that around you and you just going for it regardless. Mm. I love that. Thank you. Awesome. There was one example, Ali McBeal. Don't, <laughs> yeah. don't yeah. downplay There was that. Ali, there was always <laughs> Ali, yeah. <laughs> No, amazing. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, I think that will inspire a lot of people. I think mm -hmm. um, our environment is so, so important. And whilst True. people might not consciously realise that they don't have, the, you know, sometimes you're not consciously aware that you're lacking those role models or that kind of inspiration. Mm. We can never downplay our environment. So hopefully, I think that could be like planting a seed that could be a really powerful message to someone who feels in a similar position. Mm -hmm. Um and there's no one necessarily to look up to, or, you know, to be that role model, but to say, you know what, if this is really what I want, I'll go for it anyway. And 
And you do have that um, determinant. You do. You're very goal orientated as well. So I think. Mm. Um, that sort of helped you in that you saw a place you wanted to be you just identified the steps to get there and you took them steps mm. amazing however challenging however yeah however much it was pushing against the grain I love your sort of it's quite a linear approach isn't it you see the end goal you mm. see the steps and mm-hmm. you took it and amazing yeah. That's awesome. which is good and bad and has been part True. of my journey like growing out of the linearness mm. and going with the flow and being a bit more circular with things I guess and that was one attraction to law, actually. Like, I do like systems. Mm-hmm. Um, and whilst I've, like, grown through going with the flow a bit more and things, there is an element of me liking systems. And law is like, you do this and then you do that. And it's easy. It's like, you can see where you're going. So mm-hmm. that was another attraction. Like, there were tangible uh, stepping, stones, stepping stones to success, I guess, which felt really measurable and manageable at each stage. Yeah. yeah, and then in the wider world, whether amongst your friends and family or in the legal wider world, then it's, yeah, it's acknowledged, as you say, it's a, it's a, a point of success, like, oh, you have a vacation scheme, oh, you have a um, training contract, they're like these measurable points where people are validating you even more, like, even before you've got to that point of being a lawyer. True, yeah, that definitely happened earlier on, like, once I put it out there, oh, Lauren, Lauren's at law school, Lauren's got into law school, oh, Lauren's <laughs> doing this, it's like... Oh, well, I better keep doing those yeah. things. Like. <laughs> True. <laughs> and I think we'll come on to it more later, but doesn't yeah. this highlight how sometimes our reason for doing things are outside of us and not within? And I think we're going to yeah. delve into that quite a bit yeah. more. But yeah. if you've got anything to say on that now, that's cool. Yeah, and reflecting, yeah, it will probably will get into that in mm-hmm. other contexts, but there was an element of that. Again, I was not conscious of that at the time, and there was definitely tangible reasons I really wanted to get into law and pursue a legal career. Um, but on reflection, a part of my journey and part of a lot of people's journeys, like uh, people I chat to, other lawyers, other friends, um, people I've helped when in my life coaching yeah, days, which we'll probably get onto. It's easy to unpick where um, external reasons or external versions of success have become your own mm-hmm. and you don't realise it. Mm. That's huge, yeah. I'm mm. looking forward to like delving into that more a little bit later. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Okay, amazing. So that's like why law I love that I love everything you sort of spoke about there um so then tell us about your early legal career like where and how did that start what did that look like mm-hmm. okay yeah backtracking a little bit from that I probably should add that obviously I went I then went to university and I did a degree in law and um which I went to the University of Leeds and that very much paved the way for my next steps, which I'll come on to. But I just would like to add there. um, I remember when I committed to wanting to be a lawyer, like really committing at age, I think, 17 and realising I would need four A's at A level to get into university. It was like a game changing moment. Like I really felt like I had to raise my game. Like naturally, I would call myself, openly call myself a B girl. Like I have um, quite a natural element of intelligence but it's not like you know those who can just absorb information initially and it sticks I need to work at it so I thought whoa four A's so it was like game on like I worked so hard and so diligently to get those A's and part of that is one element of that is I would say is a huge a good characteristic of mine but it's also been part of I would say my downfall or being less me because I'm good at fitting myself into certain boxes 
um, or, or achieving something. Like if I set a goal, I can achieve it. Um, so yeah, I sort of had my game head on with that. And like, that was a proud moment. I got four A's. Wow. Again, like that doesn't marry up with my version of success now, like all these years on. But then like, yeah, there weren't many other people around me getting all A's. Um, it was amazing. Like I got what I achieved and I got into the law school I wanted to get into. So I went to Leeds Uni. That was an amazing experience. You joined me there a year later. Ooh, yeah. You came to Leeds Uni. That was a good was, time, Lars. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, was two hot. sisters in this <laughs> yeah. new shiny city. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome having you there. Um, yeah, and for me, that was very pivotal in my legal career as well because I particularly chose Leeds. Well, I wanted definitely to go to a city, but definitely Leeds because I wanted to be part of a legal hub. Um, by that point, I'd already started to form ideas that I thought I wanted to go into sort of commercial corporate law and work for like a large corporate commercial firm. Um, I'd really got into sort of business law and felt drawn to like, yeah, the commercial side of things. And um, Leeds is a, is a big legal hub and I saw opportunities for me to, I don't know, get to know lawyers in the law firms there. And then once you're in you know, Leeds Union on all the unis really, you're like, you're invited to talks at the law firms, to drinks, they're coming to your law society and you're forming these relationships, you're getting more of a real idea of what it's like to be a real lawyer or a trainee lawyer. And that just, again, it like, it going back to the bite-sized pieces of your journey, it makes it more, it just helps, like it makes it more tangible. And so by that point, I had made a firm commitment that I wanted to go into commercial law, like work for a large commercial firm. And that was my next goal, aim, trying to get a vacation scheme in a large commercial firm and then getting a training contract, which I did. And I trained and qualified with Pinsent Masons in Leeds and I qualified into property litigation. So by this point, I was really interested in property. I loved that it was very tangible. You could you know, walk around the streets and see what you work on. It like forms everything, um, you know, whether it's, you know, grassland or it's a huge city, it's all around us, isn't it? Um, and then that type of work again. So I'm factoring in where my mindset was then and the things that were aligned with my version of success. I like that we work for like these huge companies, these huge portfolio companies that owned all these like trophy buildings um and then yes just for different reasons i like the contentious side of it love the contentious team in leeds it yeah a lot about the team um that i qualified into um a great bunch of people a very like normal amazing at what they did but normal funny and yeah the team was a lot to do with it in hindsight and so yeah i qualified there um had really good training and but then i began to start to feel feelings of feeling off um it was maybe when I qualified and then again when I was two years qualified but I just kept putting it down to oh no like this is normal you've just qualified you're out of your comfort zone this is normal everyone feels like this oh two years qualified well you're stepping it up a bit of course this is normal and I just kind of um didn't listen to those whispers um and carried on and doing all the things and loads of it I enjoyed. It's easy to say in hindsight, oh, these things are happening and it didn't feel good. But you know from me, then I was getting stuck in. I was really good at networking. Um, I was part of a group of people who formed um, a P 
Pinsent Mason's branded um, young professional networking group, all the things I was getting involved in different things like. Um, oh, you yeah. said Pinsent Mason's branded networking. I thought you were going to say Pinsent Mason's netball team because uh, that was one of the oh, things. Oh, yeah, I was involved well. in that as well. You know, all the but, things. Yeah. But in hindsight, I'm like, oh my God. Like, all. My life is so spacious now. It's one of the things I love about it. But you know, when you look back and you're like, how did I do all that? How did we have the energy? The time. Like, that's a lot, isn't it? Especially Mm. like networking. Like, Mm. it's a lot. Mm -hmm. A lot. And I loved it at the time. The early years training, up to about two years qualified. I loved these networking events, having drinks, meeting new people, um, you know, professional contacts and people who then became friends. Um... And I loved it, but then it got to a point where I was like, oh, really, am I going to do this? Am I going to, like, chat to these people on behalf of this law firm to try and get this law firm more clients and I don't get anything from it? And, oh, I'm here drinking and it makes me feel groggy and I wouldn't have been empowered enough then not to drink. Um, I could definitely do that now. But And then it's just this cycle. And then you're busy and then you're not having time to exercise as much and focus on the you things and eat well. And it's just like this cycle. Um, Anyway, I feel like I've gone on down a tangent there. But just to add, in part of that journey, I think I was about four years qualified, was I? Or three years qualified when I decided I wanted to move to London. Mm. And I thought that was it. I thought that was it. I was just not meant to be in Leeds anymore. I, I outgrew Leeds it's London and that's where I'm going to feel better um and so we moved to London we did the move yes, together didn't we Kez? and that was awesome also. it was a really good time yeah. wasn't it it was again this other new shiny city that we'd never lived there mm-hmm. before and just felt like so much opportunity so much yeah for yeah in terms of work what, what we both did like yeah and um you in the legal world me in wine at the time mm-hmm. <laughs> and um and then also opportunity just for connecting with cool new people. It felt like, wow, this is fun and and, and spacious is a good mm. word. You just said that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah, and it was awesome. Yeah. We had a blast. Yeah, didn't yeah, we? yeah. Like, worked hard, play hard, I'd say is yeah. the term there. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so for anyone listening, Kerry, she's not anymore for different reasons. She's been through her own transitions, but. Um, was a wine expert well she still is you haven't lost that knowledge yeah. have you but you were a wine expert yeah. and um I remember when I began started feeling began feeling off and didn't really know what steps to take I went to a talk by Escape the City and for anyone listening who um feels like they maybe want alternative routes like to work for cool startups or something Escape the City is a really good hub and I went to one of their talks and yeah, they, they were amazing. They provide so much inspiration to me um, and they were like pivotal in, in the next steps that I took. But I remember going to one of those talks with you. Mm-hmm. So this is a room full of people like wanting to leave the corporate jobs, the bankers, the lawyers, all these things. Kerry's here sort of feeling the same. And they're like, and these people were saying to you, you work in wine. That's amazing. They were loving it. When they're like... They wanted to escape to your job. Yeah, that always made me laugh. You're yeah. right, you got this really big reaction of, what, wine? You're in mm. wine because they were in very much, yeah, as you say, corporate jobs. They were accountants, lawyers, whatever. And they were like, yeah, we want to switch to that. Mm. Um, yeah, I do remember that moment as well. But, and that really anchored into me. And I was sort of in that mindset before. I was like, sort of like, but what you do is cool. But then I saw the other side of it as well. And it really anchored in for me. A lot, a lot of jobs 
I don't just want to tarnish the corporate world because there are a lot of amazing companies doing good things and they treat their people really well like humans, like the company I work for now, and we'll come on to that later, but it's same shit, different shovel. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're working with wine or the law, like it's the structures the and the structure, systems the values, that have been created. The values yeah. is what we've realised now in hindsight mm. that actually that's what makes us feel more fulfilled and that's our version of success now is something in line with our values. Mm. And you're right, doesn't matter what the office looks like or where it is or what the work is you're doing, if it's law or wine, if it's not aligned with you, that's never going to feel good. Mm-hmm. And if this, yeah, okay, so there's two things there, like your purpose and what's aligned with you and your values, and then the structures, Structure, like if they don't really value you as a human mm. and aren't conscious of what's going on and the pressure they're putting on you and like, yeah, all the things. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That speaks but, um, to me as well. That was yeah. very much, yeah the, yeah, the place where I was. Um. So, yeah, we had a more, an awesome time in London. We lived together in an amazing apartment. I loved it. Um, One of your highlights, you're always like, I can't believe I get to walk over London Bridge every day to work. And that felt nourishing for you. You're like, I get to walk to work in mm-hmm. this lovely city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was an amazing start to the day. I'm really grateful for that in hindsight rather than getting the tube or anything. Um, but I do remember, you've just reminded me, though, like whilst walking over the the. L- no, it was Tower Bridge. Tower Bridge, sorry. Yeah, still don't know. <laughs> yeah, Tower Bridge into Tower the city. Bridge, yeah. It was an amazing walk, but the amount of times I walked over that bridge with anxiety mm. was next level. And I don't think I acknowledged it was anxiety then. I thought it it becomes so normal to me to worry about what emails we were going into or to reach into, we had Blackberries then, and see the flashing light. I remember, I've just scanned back to a memory of walking over Tower Bridge and looking at my flashing light on my blackberry and that causing anxiety but that just that was just normal to me then now I know that's wrong that's anxiety it's your body showing there's problems it's your the environment that you're working on is, is not right but it actually brings back more negative memories that particular walk mm. um than good even though again the tick box things are happening she's walking over tower bridge she's got a suit on um you know she's walking through the city she's gonna pop into prayer and grab <laughs> grab her, usual, her usual, yeah, and um and go by oh what was that awesome breakfast place pod pod the oh, scrambled egg oh, yes, that's superfood scramble that was the Ooh. days when i ate egg i don't know yeah. anymore but um yeah that breakfast and yeah, they were the good bits of the walk, actually. I just remember the bits on food. <laughs> the food and yeah, the, the coffee. Things we consume. And actually, that's brought back another memory. I remember in the days where, and I'm getting ahead, a bit of a head, head of myself, I guess, and I'll explain it a bit more, but the days where I was starting to think, like, and I was getting close to be like, something needs to change, or something isn't right. I remember going into prep, ordering my usual, and just be feeling so much dread about going into work. And I remember looking at the person who was work, working in prep and I remember thinking I wish I worked here look at that I know there's other pressures and it's busy especially at that time in the morning and I remember thinking I want to be serving coffee with a smile on my face chatting to people being like hi how are you and being being the light in that person's day and that and I was aware of that at the time and that spoke volumes to me like that I have that feeling yet being a lawyer in a big corporate law firm doing all those hours earning that money is validated more by society that's success and I think that's the first time I ever thought what is success like or it made me question my version of success because that was the first time I was starting to think 
earning less money in a job that isn't deemed a good job, which I don't agree with, but by society, is better. Mm. Serving coffee is better. It was mm-hmm. the first time and it made me really question things. Mm. You've told me that before and I just got goosebumps when you said that. Mm. I really felt that that sense of what where your headspace was and mm. what you had to go back to at your desk. And mm. Gosh, yeah, you just summed that up well about, yeah, your version of success and society's version of success. And you're right. And actually, well, what is success? It's like, yeah, that sense of joy, feeling joy in your work, in your life. If, mm-hmm. if you're not feeling that, like... That, that, what we're here for we're here to connect we're here to feel joy and be our fullest selves and Mm -hmm. I definitely feel that as well I know what you're saying when you're getting served that coffee and and there's just like a sense of them being so authentic and real versus I guess if you compare that walking back into your office and facing Mm -hmm. this pile of to-dos and Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I just really felt that when you retold that story like Mm -hmm. literally gave me goosebumps Mm -hmm. and I really really get that Mm -hmm. wow Mm -hmm. yeah Wow. So yeah. So that was um, that was your. So would you say then? So you moved to London, and did you say that sort? Would you say that pasted over the cracks for a while? Did you did you think that that was the answer for a while, or did it soon start revealing itself as actually it was, it is the work mm, is. That's a good way of putting it. I think to some extent it pasted over the cracks, and to some extent it was the right move. I do feel like I was outgrowing leave. Um, and I was ready for the next challenge, a bigger challenge. Um, maybe if I'd have really sat with what my soul was saying, I could have gone down another path, but I stayed on the same path and went for the next milestone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was really beneficial, especially the first year, year and a half in London. Not many of those sorts of thoughts and feelings cropped up, or I certainly didn't listen to them. Um but eventually these, yeah, my soul started saying bigger and bigger signs that I just couldn't not listen to anymore. Like that prep moment and more of them. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. They get so and, they get so loud and so yeah. consistent and, and they, they, they overtake you. It's like you, you're feeling it tangibly in your body and mm. so you have to face it. You have to look at it and go, you really get that moment, don't you, of... And often it's in the pits, you feel in the lowest of the low, the pits, like you've got to feel that lowness to know that something needs to change. And I think the universe puts us in those situations, say, look, like like to be a mirror and go, this is your reality and this is how it's making you feel. Like Definitely. Um, and it doesn't feel good in the moment. And I think whilst there's a spotlight on anxiety and our mental health and these negative feelings through modalities like mindfulness and stuff, in some ways, they're not... They're not helpful if they're dampening down mm. a true message that your soul is trying to tell you. Of course they are because who wants to be in that mode all the time? And the more we can do to the more we can do to help those negative feelings, the better because we need to operate at our highest vibration. But I always I toy with that. Like to me, I'm not sure where it sits because some of my best moves and best pivots in life have come from those darker times. Mm-hmm. And I really think our body has a way of giving us these messages. Mm, yeah, definitely. That's a really good point. I definitely get mm. that. And I'll ju- I just want to say like two tangible thoughts of really what crystallized around that time as to why that way of working... At, at the time, I thought maybe it's, it's law. 
and as it happens you know I came back to law and I do it in a very different way but why that way of working for me like a full time being employed going to the same place every day wasn't quite right for me um the hours and the expectations like the amount of work that you're given and I was actually quite efficient and was good at getting through things and really valued leaving work at an early-ish time to go like I was getting really into training then like I was starting to see a personal trainer I loved it it really like lit up my evenings when I went and like flipped tires. Remember how pumped yeah. I came back? I know that was your fitness zone. You yeah. were so strong and so committed, to that and you loved it, and you had mm. such a good vibe, such a good chat with your personal trainer. Yeah. I can see how that was like a highlight. So yeah. I made a commitment to leave the office for whatever it was, half six every night. Obviously not if there was something super urgent and it landed, but otherwise, if it's a normal day, I would leave the office by then to make my personal training session because it was so nourishing for me and it. It really lit me up. In London, that was leaving early. Mm. That was like, that was me stand, like, standing in my boundaries. ground in my personal yeah. boundaries and leaving. And I've always been quite good at that, to be fair. I've never been one to be walked over or, like, I wouldn't have just done all-nighters consistently. No way. Um, but, and that was like, I remember, like, that feeling of being looked at leaving the office at that time. Even though wow. I'd done my work, even though, like, I'm, you know, I was great doing everything you know, well, clients liked me, da, da, da. And that was slightly different to the Leeds mentality. I remember sending an email at 7 p.m. in Leeds and the partner came to me the next day. <laughs> he was a really nice Yorkshire guy and he was like, are you are you all right? You were in late last night. Like, what's going on? Do we need to, like, offload some things? I was like, oh, no, I just wanted to, like, finish this report. And it was the complete opposite in the London world, um, and I think that just brought to the forefront, oh, nah, nah. Yeah, not for and, you. And... and then, like, looking up the ladder as to what success is, so, right, if I'm here, and, and there's elements of this I do like, and that I'm good at, where, where's next? What If I stay on this train, where is next? And the, the, the rungs in the ladder just didn't appeal to me, looking up the ladder, people's lives, they just weren't an example of how I wanted to live. There was no inspiration. And a part of me now, I'm like, should I have stuck with it? Should I have been the pioneer and done things differently? But it's so hard when you're in in it, in that world, in that way I felt quite suppressed and down. You, you can't make empowered moves. And sometimes mm -hmm. the best way is just to step Come away, out, take yeah. a bird's eye view of things. Yeah, which is exactly what you did. We'll get on yeah. to it shortly. I just want to just what you said about staying late and it comes back to the thing that your value your your worth in that workplace is the hours at the desk not in the quality of the work that you're putting out not in how efficiently you are which would actually save the company money if you're an efficient worker mm -hmm. and not at the not about any other things about you know maybe the relationships you're building with your clients and mm -hmm. and the and the um, business you're bringing in it's literally your worth your value in that business is how many hours are you at mm -hmm. that desk and and I think we are still there now in lots of these corporate jobs. I think it is still very much there. It's starting to change. Mm. Um, but isn't that mad? Like when you just say it out loud. Mm. No, the, the the value of your work is not in how many hours you spend at the desk mm -hmm. at exactly. all. It's in the quality. It's in all these other measurable things of, you know, what it depends what area of work you're in. But. Exactly. Yeah, so true. Or how well people are. Like, they didn't give yes, a crap well, of how well, well people being. were. Like, like I'm leaving to go to the gym, and it's that's good for my health, and it lights me the hell up. Like, 
that is joy i'm pursuing my joy in this moment and you know even if someone is the most efficient person and like they're ticking all the boxes it's like their wellness isn't i mean it's changing now but through the lens i'm thinking of the wellness isn't a factor like well why if you've got someone who's burnt out and feeling shit and they're tired that that's not that's not a reason to feel like you're you're accomplished as a company or mm-hmm. you're ticking boxes like that's to me that's like yeah, that's an hour of work, but it doesn't count to me if that person is feeling shit. Mm. Like, it's not, is it? It's not an hour of output. It's an hour of, like, making someone feel dehumanised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's true. It's like there's a balance to be struck. And mm. and we know, like, we've definitely stepped in one and into, like, yeah, um, tapping into our wellness in so many aspects, haven't we? We mm. might get onto that as well as we go into your later journey. But we know we are our best selves when we are well, when we get enough sleep, when mm. we move our body in intelligent ways, when we are tapping into nutrition, I don't know, fresh beautiful foods, taking breaks in nature, we know we are our best selves. So why is that environment like, it's the exact opposite, it's wanting more from you from a lesser um, nourished or lit up place. And it just True. doesn't add up. Like, of course there's going to be burnout. Of course there's such a disconnect that, um, yeah, it's mad really, isn't True. it? It's so clear to see. Mm-hmm. Oh, amazing. Um, awesome, love. Wow, so much. So much that you shared. There's still so much I so can say. So much. And I would just like to say as well, there were amazing people. Like it's, When I'm talking like this, it sounds like everything was shit. Everyone yeah. was like this. But there were some people who really got me through those times. And there were some awesome characters in the London team and stuff. And people I could speak to. And people who really got it, people who were doing things differently as they could in that corporate bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, and again, the balance is starting to tip now, but it was just that other stuff was too heavy for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay, so before we get on to like how you made the switch then when you were feeling those feelings, could you um, delve in like, what did that feel like when you had those nugs from nugs, those tugs from your soul? When things you were being nudged, how did that feel to you? What did it feel like? How could you describe that emotion mm. or or just feeling? What did that feel like? Mm. Yeah, it's hard because I've like I feel like I've healed through it a lot, so it's hard to like go back to that moment, which I'm trying to do. Um, but for me, I didn't have, I think in that situation, a lot of people have like one big breakdown or burnout or like a, a personal situation, like a breakup that alongside the work stuff just is this catalyst. For me, it was like lots of small moments that I began to observe, like the prep moment, mm-hmm. um, like a time we were on holiday and I got a shitty email mm. um, things like that. You know, the list was getting longer and they were starting to have an effect, like how it felt in my body to go to your question is is that anxiety, that dread, um, Sundays, like the Sunday dread, you don't have mm. a two-day weekend when you're feeling like that. You have Saturday, you p- feel pretty light, unless you've gone out on Friday to forget your problems and you mm-hmm. wake up with a hangover. Um, and there's the Sunday dread, it's real. Mm-hmm. Um, then, yeah, and then the week starts again. Um, so that's how it showed up for me, really, like, um, I definitely didn't get to full burnout stage, but if I continued like that, I would have done. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I recognised certain yeah. sides of myself. It was, and it was flares of anxiety now and then dread of the work, not not enjoying it anymore because of the way it was being done. Um, yeah, that's how it showed up for yeah. me. I think I think 
is there anything you can think of from that time? Because obviously we were living together yeah, and you true. were, you got the full inside track on the everything. the way that manifests in day life is just not being present. Like mm. I could, as your sister, I could totally just send you love and know, although I was a totally different version of me as well and maybe we weren't, didn't have mm. as open conversations or whatever, I could, I could like just want to know, I understand where you are. I wouldn't like think, oh, she's not very present and that's not okay. Mm. I could mm. understand why you weren't, but I mm. guess it, it would take from your daily life, your weekend, as you say, like just not being present, worrying um, thinking to the future, thinking to Monday, to, to, mm. to the work you have to go into, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely saw those that sort of sense of yeah, anxiety and overwhelm. I guess mm. it's good to I think it's good to verbalize and vocalize what it felt like for you because people mm. I'm sure will resonate. Um, True. But awesome, love. So really, yeah, wow, so much powerful stuff there. So you're feeling these feelings. You had all these tugs from your soul. Mm-hmm. What was the next step then? How were you going to change that situation for you? How were you going to make a move? How did you figure out what that move would be? Yeah, mm. the big question. I actually got like quite a clear download and like really this should have been a period of turmoil in terms of what on earth am I going to do and I, I did have that for a little while but I just got this download quit and go traveling and at first that was quite confronting like as in I'm not the person who travels that that was the version of me like I for example, didn't take a gap year in between anything because I wanted to crack on. I was so focused on my career. I'd never associated myself as a traveler. I guess I associated with hippie type. And um, I guess as well, the thought of putting a backpack didn't sit well with that version of me, that corporate version of me who was used to going on these one to two week holidays, somewhere nice, that involved a bit of adventure because that's me. so at first it was quite confronting and I remember posing this to my best friend Rachel at the time who was pivotal in helping me and she was like you can do it you can go traveling I almost told her the idea like like we were then going to dismiss it and that wasn't the option um she's like yeah you can do it and like um yeah we just made a plan together she helped me really crystallize my plan at that point I had minimal savings which again has been a big learning like how the hell was I earning the salary I was earning and had minimal savings like I wasn't even a girl who like bought fancy clothes and handbags I've never been into that stuff (laughs) but it went on like yeah travel nice holidays bottomless brunch yeah Prosecco Prosecco brunches in London and our rent we lived in a beautiful apartment (laughs) (laughs) god it was a few. Yeah, um, it was a good one. Yeah. And yeah. Um, what else? And I just remember being ashamed. I barely had, I mean, I had a some savings, but not much. So anyway, the thing, the main thing I realised at the time was, was money. How was I going to quit and then afford travelling? Um, so Rachel really helped me um, create this financial plan. We sat down together. We were actually on holiday in Greece together. And, and we just carved out this big savings plan of how I would save £10,000, that's the amount of money I decided I needed to earn, uh, to have to feel comfortable, and do it, and quit, and go, and that's exactly what I did, um, yeah, <laughs> like, that. uh, that's like the quicker version, there was yeah. obviously a lot of stuff going on in the a background, of processing. Like, yeah, and, and ways I made money, you know what, I changed my relationship with money, and it, like, money was, it became this exciting thing, it wasn't just this thing, I went to this job that was killing my soul for and this one lump of money that went in my account every Once month. a month, yeah. Like, 
I got so savvy, but in a fun way. Like I remember, you know, realizing things like how much I was spending on bottomless brunches and <laughs> alcohol and da da and ended up oh, and eating out like. I love food. Duck the and amount, waffle. The amount. It was <laughs> like, it's Saturday night. We'll book in at Duck and Waffle. waffle. Oh, yeah, that's where our food went. I'm just, yeah, the money, money yeah. I just <laughs> So it was like, how can I do the stuff I love? Because I'm still a big foodie, still of eating out, still of food. And, um, and these things, but in a like, a more financially savvy way. So like we discovered things like the restaurants in London that are bring your own. Yeah, um, and that works well with the wine industry. I was getting yeah. an epic wine, and you obviously knew what to choose, and depending on what restaurant we were going to, what food had, I was getting epic wine at pretty much cost price, mm. beautiful fine wines, and we could go to BYOB, bring your own, mm. and often it was with, yeah, maybe restaurants my company had a relationship with, so we got it for free, free or super cheap, so we were there still having this beautiful experience, beautiful wine, perfectly matched, <laughs> might I add, yeah. perfectly matched to the food, <laughs> and still living yeah it's such a savvy way to still True. when you get conscious about it you're like i can still have this lovely thing i enjoy mm. nice food nice wine but let's and that it. was a big learning you don't have to spend money on something to get a good experience and that was definitely pivotal for the journey that lay ahead but that was like in fact we had better experiences More. and we discovered different restaurants and like yeah better wine for example rather than paying 20 quid for the basic shit that yeah. the restaurants usually have and Oh, there were loads. That's just one example. There were loads of ways. Like, what I was cut that money, but improved my experience. I remember not feeling like when I first thought of the idea of ha- having to save £10,000, I just thought, I'll just be this hermit. But no, I was the complete opposite. <laughs> we just socialised in different ways. Yeah. And as you say, our experience was richer. Richer is a perfect word because Great, actually yeah. it made us more connections. Like just with that one example, it made me like connect with the manager of that restaurant who we supplied the wine to and then they gave us an awesome service because that's just yeah. in that one example of going to a place where maybe we had a relationship with the wine thing. It, it made it richer mm. because we, you're getting creative and... And yeah, it brought in these other things of connection with people. And True, yeah. that's a good way of putting it. Richer what? experiences for less money. True. Mm. Ooh, yeah. And that's been a common theme, I think, with both of our journeys. True. In Thank you for tuning in and listening this far. I've actually separated this episode into two parts. So to hear the rest of my journey, to hear more of what we've been through in part one and more, then um, check out the next episode, download the next episode, which I've called part two. Um, Yeah, it ended up being quite long, this conversation with my sister, just because there was so much to unpack in my journey and I wanted to be, you know, open, as open as possible and unpick as many things as I could that I thought would be helpful. Um, And, you know, because sister chats, we just get in our flow. Um, Yeah, so I hope you've enjoyed it so far. There's much more of that to come. And yeah, head over to part two, which is the episode directly after this. Thank you.